coming in as Loom. Hewitt-Dyke centered it. with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Happy Monday. We are underway this hour. Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. Steinberg along with you. Welcome to the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Save. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Coming at you from the uh, Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Flames Talk on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, Wes, the question many are asking right now, when is Matt Coronado going to make his NHL debut? It's a fair question because here he is. He signed a lot of excitement on Sunday when the deal gets done. He was not at practice Monday morning. It was an optional practice, heavily attended, more optional, but a optional practice Monday morning. Uh, Coronado is still in transit as we're talking. He'll get here and will likely be on the ice Tuesday morning for their game day skate. So let me preface everything with, I'd like to see him get his first game at some point. I just, not being a coach, not being truly involved in the playoff push, I'm like, well, right shot scoring winger for a team that has been offensively challenged at times this year, uh, a team that at times looks like it could use a shot in the arm. I think you'd be there's plenty of reason to get him into the lineup, even though he's a sophomore college guy with zero professional experience. My feel is, yeah, what do you got to lose? Even, you know, you put him in for a debut, maybe Friday against Vancouver or Sunday versus Anaheim. You pop him into a game, and if it doesn't work, well, you take him out. But that's my feel. But I guess for me, as much as that's what I'd like to see, it feels like they're going to wait a little bit. And I, listening to Brad True Living last hour, um, they're really going to go out of their way to protect the player, which I, I respect as much as I'm like, yeah, I want to see him get in there. I respect them being very deliberate with their approach here. Um, and it kind of feels like the most likely scenario, not a guarantee, but just in doing some digging around and talking to people and even listening to what Tree has had to say to you, to me, um, even listening to what Matt Coronado has had to say, it wouldn't surprise me if, we're pushing the eighties when it comes to him making his debut. And there's a much clearer picture as to whether this team is in or out. Once that picture is, is pretty crystal clear and it's still murky, even though there are some who are very heavily leaning out and some who are much more optimistic, it still is murky right now. And there's still everything to play for. It feels like clinched or close to it or eliminated or close to it is when we're going to see it. Well, and I, I think, and, and not to just latch on to one part of what you just said, but, you know, one of the latch questions away. you asked was, well, what do they have to lose? And inside the Saddle Dome, the answer to that would be quite clear. Wait, what we have to lose is a chance to get into the playoffs. And, and yes, it's a long shot, but they remain there. They're four points out again. And I'm not saying that if you put Matt Coronado in, it would blow your playoff chances, but I, I think it's really easy right now, organizationally, and as an organization that, as Brad just told us, wants to protect this young man, yep. 
it's really easy to say, no, we're not going to put him in right now. We want to give him some time to acclimate. We want him to shake hands and meet the guys. And we want to keep up this fight for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still an opportunity that we'll be talking at this time in eight days about going to Winnipeg or nine days, I'm sorry, about going to Winnipeg with an opportunity to, you know, really continue to make your case for a wild card. And so, yeah, I think that makes it easy to keep Matt Coronado out until he's had a chance to get comfortable. It's really easy to look back at the Johnny Gaudreau situation, but Johnny Gaudreau signed, jumped on a plane, got to Calgary, practiced once, went to Vancouver, and played in game 82. His team had gone to the Frozen Four. And let's also not forget, he was the Hobie Baker winner and the best college hockey player on planet Earth. Right. And the reason they needed to play him or or the reason they were so hell-bent on getting him in is it was game 82. They didn't have another chance. Yep. And they had nothing to play for. The season was right. over. They were it already eliminated. And so you're not in that same sort of rush with Matt Coronado. I absolutely get the excitement. I want to see him as well. But, you know, as soon as the signing was announced yesterday, I'm seeing polls online. Well, who who should be his line mates? Oh, who, I saw Huberdo all, and Backlund. All you the know, Flames accounts and, and potential lines and... Which I love. I, I love was going to say, as someone who no covers the team, at all. yeah, as someone who covers the team, there's been a lot of late March in my career on the Flames beat where yep. it hasn't generated that same sort of excitement. This is awesome, and yet from a team standpoint, there's just no rush to get them in. I I really think they're not going to come out and say it because they don't want someone to keep the receipt and say, "Well, what happened." I really believe that they are intent on getting him into games this spring. Yep. But if game 82 really means something in the wild card race, maybe not. And, and that those, would be fine. And for those asking, he does not need to step foot on the ice in a sanctioned regular season game. His ELC year one has already been burnt. It is rolling right now. This is year one of his ELC. Does not matter what happens. Next year will be year two. There's no conditions. There's no games played. He doesn't need to wink or like it's it's just his the minute he put pen to paper and it got registered with the NHL, his entry level deal started rolling immediately. So there's I know there's a lot of questions and I look the CBA is stupid and it's sorry, hard Pike. to sorry Pike. Um, that's why you're the person that can. You can translate the stupid. That's why we like Pike. Um, but yes, his this is not the CHL. The ten game rule does not apply. This is not Europe. There's no waivers. Like this is his entry level deal has already begun. Year one is now until whenever the season ends. Year two is next year. He will become a restricted free agent in the summer of 2025. That is set in stone, regardless if he plays. And, and so. Not to be instructing fans on how to feel about this, but but take the W. He's signed. He's going to be a Calgary Flame. The the most pure sniper that this team has had in its prospect pool for a long time. Yep, is now under contract. So take that W. Will it be disappointing if he doesn't get in for two weeks? Will it be especially disappointing if he doesn't get in until the fall? Yes, I absolutely get it. Take the W on this one. Matt Coronado is signed, sealed, and probably any minute here at YYC delivered. He's a Calgary Flame.
A uh, couple of other uh, agreed agreed on that front. A couple of other notes before we hear from Daryl Sutter and get his thoughts on the whole thing. Uh, no, he is not eligible for the American Hockey League at any point this year. He will be with the NHL team for the rest of the season. That is number one. Um, number two, why did they do this? Well, because this was how you were going to get him to come out of college. If they, I, I can almost guarantee you he would have gone back for his junior year had the Flames only been offering. Um, the, the rules state that coming out of college, there are two possible routes. If you're going to come out of college, you can sign an ATO, which is an amateur tryout offer, and play in the American League, or you can sign a deal that starts in the NHL right away. The ATO, that's what Mark Jankowski did after his senior season. That starts your contract the following year. Or you can do what Matt Coronado did and sign a deal that guarantees you play in the NHL the rest of the season and then turns into a standard player contract two-way deal in year two or year three. That's what the CBA states. There's no gray area. That's why it's happening. So if you're asking, why are they doing this? It's because that's how you got him out of college. That's how you guarantee that he's coming. And it makes the most sense for both sides to do it. The rules are the rules. We can talk about whether the rules are good or not, but those are the rules, and that's why they did it. Yeah, you wanted them signed. And and this was uh this this is a top prospect with some leverage to say, no, nah, I sorry, but I'm not really interested in in going to the AHL right away. Yeah. I, w- I want to sign an NHL deal. This isn't an and all due respect to him, he was the first star on Saturday afternoon. This isn't Walker Doer coming out of college as a as an unknown free agent. This is one of your top prospects. And listen, I'm sure the conversation happened. I'm sure Brad said to Matt Coronado's agent, Hey, well, sorry, family advisor. Now it's his agent. Now it's officially his agent. Right. I'm I'm sure he said, well, what about an ATO to join the Wranglers? No. Okay. So I didn't hear you. Can you, yeah. Can you talk about anyway, back back to that? This, this is what you had to do to get him here. And I, I, I don't even love saying this is what you had to do to get him here because it makes it sound like there it was so contentious. I we heard No, it was not yeah, it wasn't at all. contentious at all, but this, knows what's up. Yeah, this is the route to get him here. So it's what they've done with the other Harvard guys. Thrun did the same thing sure. and and the Vancouver uh Harvard kid they, it's all the same. Like this Sean is how Farrell you do it. just Sean did Farrell, this in exactly. Montreal. Yeah. yeah. This is how you do it. And yeah. and he's here everybody. He he's on his way to Calgary. We were talking just days ago about, geez, is he going to sign? Does he want to stay? He might not play right away, but take the W here. And the other big part of the W, now that he's signed, they've got six years of team control. Yeah. Uh, he's six years away from being an unrestricted free agent. So that also is good news. And that's a win for the organization as well. The kid's going to score some goals here. I think so. Maybe not right away. Why don't we hear from the head coach? This was Daryl Sutter after practice Monday. Was quizzed on a lot of things. But this is um, his discourse with us when it comes to Matthew Coronado. What he's seen from him. When he might get in. What's the plan? Here's the head coach from after practice Monday. I've only seen him play live once, and that was um, before the COVID shut down the World Junior Red Deer last year. So we've seen the one game, U.S. and uh, Slovaks. So there's some pretty good players. Do you know what the plan might be for uh, bringing him into the fold here and helping him uh, adjust? Yeah, I think just kind of ease into it. I think he, I think he's traveling today, so we'll just see the next little while how it, you know get him in 
get them on the ice, get them around the guys. When you get a young player, whether it's Coronado or any other young player you've had in your career, what are you looking for in them in terms of their on-ice and off-ice adjustments before you feel they're ready to be put into a lineup? Well, they're probably not ready. Oh, right. You know, if you're, the difference if you're a senior or a, think about it, he's a sophomore in school. So, you know, it just gives him a jump start on his, quite honest, on his next, on his season coming, what it does, for but, sure. But more generally, like not necessarily with like a college player, or if there is a difference, yeah. I guess. I think just getting to know him, you know, it's hard for, I mean, there's no, unless a player here played with him somewhere or a coach seen him somewhere, heck, I'd probably have talked with his, had a longer visit with his dad than I have with with Matt himself, so uh, well, just getting him here, and, and it's not so much, I guess it is us getting to know him, but also him just getting comfortable with the whole, that's the advantage of having, having two teams in Calgary, right, big advantage. Daryl, understanding it was just one night, what were your impressions when you made that trip up to Red Deer? Last year? Um, I mean, he's a competitive, skilled player is what he is, right? It's actually, there's similarities to, uh, you know, he's kind of in that manj, in that, I think, similar type. I think he's got a really good instincts for, for the offense, that part of the game. Uh, he's played this year, you know, they've played him a lot at center this year, but I think he was, you know, when he was drafted, he was looked on more as a winger, right winger. How important is it, I think, even coming especially from you, for people to understand that it's one thing to have a first-round pick, it's another thing to have a McDavid or, like, there's a huge difference, right? Way different. Like, if you're, if you're a lottery player, then, then there's some pressure. But after that, it's three, four years, for sure. I mean, you just do it, the percentages show it. I mean, it's not, I mean, that's the way it works. Most of the time, the, the big challenge, because I see it all the time, is yeah. it's one thing if you have some offensive gifts, it's another thing to get to the point, isn't it, where you can trust somebody in all areas? 100%. I mean, that's, you know, the Flames haven't had a high first-round pick for for a long time. So whenever they just say first round, they go, well, you forget that it's 32 players in the first round. <laughs> Used to be not 32. They were expected to play by the time they were 20 or 21. Now it's quite a bit different. Is there a bigger adjustment coming out of college than out of junior? You know, I'm not sure other than, than uh, I think it depends where they're at and they're, you know, how long they stay in school. Right? So you're come, you just think about age. If you're coming out as a – just do it yourself. Like when you were 23 compared to when you were 20, I bet it was a big difference. Or 24, you look at a guy like Walker Dewey who went four years school comes out he's you know you, you put him in that young guy's group but he's 26 so there's a big difference between a 21 and a 22 year old than a 26 year old so Daryl when you talk about you know Matt Coronado's coming out after his sophomore season he's, he's still only 20 and you talk about setting himself up sort of for next season what what should be on the checklist for the next however many weeks that he can take away from this first taste of it I think uh, number one is picking somebody out that you can really emulate. You know, you got you get guys like Tyler and guys like that. So if he's a right winger, I mean, that would be a pretty good. I'd be watching Tyler Toffoli for sure. And it's and you know, when you ask that question, that's really similar to 
when we used to when in LA when we used to bring Tyler and Tanner up, call them up and not play them. Just watch, like watch Dustin Brown, watch Justin Williams, those types of players. Right, learn from them and then see how they prepare, see how they train, see how they practice, and then take the next step. It's really good. It's really good for the young man. I think it's just to get climatized. Gives gives him a leg up, right? That is head coach Daryl Sutter. Um, and so doesn't sound like this is something imminent. Just I don't even know if you're reading between the lines. Just listening to the coach there sounds like they're going to take this. Much like Brad told us last hour, they're going to take this slow. Yeah, you do not need a Coronado jersey for tomorrow night at the Saddledome. I mean, you can still wear it if you have it. Yeah, it'd look great. My buddy David with the Chervanka jersey, you could uh, you could wear that. The best one I've seen this season was I'm trying to remember. There was a Kale Hulse one game, which oh, was Hulse. which was terrific. The best nobody I've seen, remembers Kale Hulse's second stint with the Flames. We always think about the first one. The best I've ever seen, and when I say best, the most out there was a uh, Staff and Cronwall a couple years ago, and I did the best I saw this year was a Yerky Yokipaka. So. Your your Matt Coronado jersey will age better than that. Maybe not the Who number. Spent money on a Yerky Yoka Paca jersey. That is impressive. Yeah, commitment. isn't it? Um, one more one more quick question on Coronado. Then a couple of other rapid fire topics. Mitch Love, head coach of the Wranglers, later this hour as well. Um, somebody says, did Coronado just make ninety k from his signing bonus? Hope he throws an epic goodbye party at Harvard. While he's no longer at Harvard, he is either in the air or has landed in Calgary as we're talking right now. But yes, to answer the question, a $92,500 signing bonus that is his. That is in the bank in one lump sum. Here you go, young man. Here's uh, Now, taxes, I'm sure, have been um, taken off that. But still, there's uh, five figures in your bank account. Blink of an eye. Yes. And if Art... The big boss of Flames Talk is listening. Art, my signing bonus hasn't, I assume there's one. I, it hasn't come through yet. And so just maybe let me know if uh, if you need some details. Same, or same, Yeah, I assume ballpark? it's similar. Same ballpark, 92.5-ish. Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd take 82.5. Because that's because you're a team player. Let me know, Art. Uh, Pat and Wes with you on Flames Talk on this Monday. So the Flames have eight games to go. This regular season. And it's the Flames and the LA Kings on Tuesday. Blake Coleman spoke to us on Monday after practice. And and I asked him right at the end of practice, right at the end of his his media availability, I said, look, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of noise. There's an uphill climb. Like, how is the group insulating itself from all that needs to happen here? And here's what Blake had to say. And I thought I thought he gave a really good answer. Like the if you're a Flames fan, you hear this from Blake Coleman. I don't know. This uh, this might fire you up. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, as any fan or any media member, um, I try to stay away from it this time of year, especially in in spots like this, because um, it's everybody gets so high and so low, and it's just it's exhausting, honestly, to to see uh, the depths that people go to. But uh, at the end of the day, all I want to do is focus on how my body feels right now, how I can be better uh, to help us win these games. Um, Everything's going to fall where it will. You know, we we still have an opportunity to play teams that are ahead of us and teams that are in the chase with us. And um, 
so you know we're not dead yet and i think uh that's exciting for our group um we still feel like we've got the ability to put on a run here we haven't done it all year so it's uh it's a challenge but uh you know there's no better time than now to uh to get going and and Blake was looking me square in the eye. Uh, I was off to the side of him, so he turned and said, "Square in the eye the entire time," with a little smirk on his face, like we're not dead yet. And I just, I, I really appreciate it because he was pretty convicted. He, if if you could see the look in his face, he's like, "No, no, it's hard blocking it out because we hear it. We it's been a roller coaster for us, and it ain't easy blocking out all the BS on the outside." Uh, I just thought it was a really and and even when he said, "Yeah, it's it's crazy to see." I try not to, but you see the the highs and the lows and the depths that people go to is what he said. Like, I, I thought it was really interesting. He was honest about it. Not easy to block it out, but they're doing their very best. And they're going to have to continue in that with everything still on the table for them and eight games still to go, two and a half weeks still to go. The reason it's not totally blocked out is because they're using it. There are some serious us against the world Everybody said we we're out of it. Vibes Good. going on at the Saddle Dome, and and I think that's exactly what they should be using as as fuel. They know, they know. There's been nights that everyone left the Saddle Dome saying they're cooked, or turned off the TV when LA scored the seventh and said they're done. They know that, and so they're using it, and they should be. Yep, and I hope they continue to do so. Like. Keep on taking shots at the media. Keep on, like, absolutely use that. We, I've said it over and over. Wouldn't it be fun if those last few games meant something? It would be a whole lot better than the uh, alternative. Yeah, I sure hope they do. Especially for a program called Flamestock. It's typically better, unless you're a complete and utter train wreck like the Canucks have been this year. You know, Canucks Central with Sat and Dan, th- those are ones that can thrive off the train wreck. Whereas this is kind of this is not as much of a train wreck as it would be just a slow march till the end. Very train like, yeah. Very not train wreck, just like a train rolling into Aleth Yard. Like just 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 imagine sitting at the lights waiting for that train to very slowly make its way by. You're like, okay, can I get? I I I just want to get to the staples. Could you let? That's where you're. That's where you'd be at. Uh, I just like that response from Blake Coleman, and and that was good. I do think in saying all that, it's important to point out for the just the realistic nature of where they are. I know that it's four points back, four points back. No, they're five points back of a playoff spot. And I think that is important when framing what needs to happen. I'm not trying to be a killjoy. I'm not trying to say they can't do it because it's on the table for them, especially with a head-to-head game still against the Jets. But they've got to get past them. They're almost certainly going to lose the tiebreakers. And so because of that, they're three games back, not two games back. They need to make up points on the Jets in three games or on three nights. So that is important to point out. They're not four. They're five back. They've got to be ahead of the Jets. And I think that that just helps you frame what needs to happen in the final eight games and what the Flames need to do. I think they've got, at most, two more regulation losses in them. Uh, that That is, I think, realistic. If they go... Uh, six, one, and one, and they've got a chance. They go six and two. I don't love it, but I still think they got a chance. If they go five and three, I think they're cooked. You got where they sit right now. You got to put some pressure on the Jets, and and not saying they haven't put any on them, but these teams have been 
you know, they, they sort of got the three for one roller coaster deal, the flames, jets and predators. Like if someone can go on a run, that's a lot of pressure on the other two teams. And you're absolutely right. I think the flames are four regulation wins back of the jets, which is the first tiebreaker. So chances of, of them earning that tiebreaker are pretty slim at this point. But you know, if, if you can be within two, when you go to Winnipeg and then if you can win that game and, and then you just have to make up one and not discounting the predators. I know they're still in it, but you've all heard me say this before. I'm focused on the team that the flames 100%. are chasing. They can make it interesting, Yeah, but you got to take care of your business. Odds are still long, but they can make it interesting. Just before we uh, bring in Mitch Love, head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, did want to say, and, and we talked a lot about this, but Michael Backlund is now officially Mr. 900. He becomes the, or became the third player in franchise history to play in 900 games as a member of the Flames, joining Mark Giordano and Jerome Ginla on Saturday in the win over San Jose. I just wanted to play this for you because I think it really... First of all, it was an afternoon game, so more families. And in all the post-game scrums, it sounded like they were at a water park because there were kids screaming. <laughs> the, I was like, "That's so true." Are they on? Are they on the platform about to go? Like, are they? Are they near the dive tank? Like, what is going on? Uh, but it was because everybody had their kids there. But it was a special. It was cool. Michael had his family in town from Sweden. Obviously, his wife and kids were at the game. Frida and uh, Tilly and Ollie were there. Like, it was. It was very, very cool. It was a family affair, and that was typified most. We got a chance to talk to Michael live post game following the five three win over San Jose. Just, just listen. I think this is a pretty neat little uh, thirty five seconds or so. Take us through the uh, the afternoon for you. You get the the special pucks. You get the video tribute. You're in the starting lineup. Uh, game number nine hundred. Take us through uh, getting to the rink and and how it all went for you today, Michael. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's a special day. Uh, you know, hold on. Tilly, 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 hi, hi, Papa. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Hey, I'm talking on the radio. <laughs> Want to say hi? Yeah. Hi, say hi. Hi. Hi, Tilly. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, no. That's good. <laughs> no, it's been uh, no, it's been a special day. It was pretty. It was just like uh, that was. I, I thought awesome. it was pretty touching and. Tilly, Swedish in there. Tilly turns four in May, if yeah. you're wondering how old she is. So, very cool. She didn't seem nervous. No. Might have a Flames Talk future. Insider. Hey, anything better than at least one half of today's <laughs> Flames Hey, now. Yeah, my, my, you're, you're good. You can say Wes and Tilly on Flames Talk. Not that far off. Let me throw one more thing in before we yeah. wrap this segment. The Flames today unveiled the pride jerseys that they're going to wear for warm-ups tomorrow night yeah and as they always do with these custom jerseys absolutely knocked it out of the park they look awesome everything we hear at the saddle dome is that all the players are going to be wearing them tomorrow so just wanted to bring that up they look great we've had these conversations we know um what's happened in in some other markets but it sounds like you're going to see every single calgary flame on the ice for warm-up in one of those jerseys and and you're right they're absolutely awesome they've done uh so this will be the fifth uh theme jersey night they've done this year pride uh lunar new year black history month 
Indigenous Celebration and Canadian Forces Celebration or a Canadian Forces Appreciation Night. Uh, they all look really good. They've done such so an well awesome done. job on all five of the theme warm-up jerseys. These ones for Pride Night on Tuesday will be up for auction as well. So really good stuff, and uh, we'll get a little bit more into where it all goes on Tuesday's edition of Flames Talk as well. Pat and Wes along with you as this hour is underway. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit DLB basementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things basementy. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. This is Flamestock. Join the conversation at 960-960. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op with new product families, member rewards and sale events. You'll find more quality, more savings in every department every day at Calgary Co-op. Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you on this Monday. It's a Monday, which means we check in like we do every week with the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. Mitch Love joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline right now since we last spoke to Mitch last week. 6 nothing and 3-2 Wranglers wins over San Diego. Mitch, appreciate the time as always. How are we doing today? Doing all right, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. As always, appreciate the time. What would you, uh, you make of the weekend, uh, Friday and Sunday wins for your group? Well, we, uh, we knew we were going to have our hands full with, with San Diego. Um, you know, even, even on Friday, you know, the score was six, nothing, but you know, for a good chunk of the game there, uh, you know, it was tight and then we kind of separated ourselves and, uh, we knew that they'd have a bit of a response last night. Um, and you know, a real good start by them, not so much by us. And then, uh, we kind of found our legs and got our game in order and, uh, you know, we're able to hang on. So it was, it was two important wins, obviously for us, uh, you know, in the standings in our division with, with Coachella, um, you know, having lost, I believe they had lost three in a row there and, and then found a win their last game. So, uh, yeah, they were important points for us in the standings here as we head into this week. What, uh, we always ask the NHL team at this time of year, you know, about scoreboard watching and there's always those inevitable questions. Are you watching this or whether it's a playoff race or a division race? What about you as the, the head coach of the team? Not, not so much about your group, but you personally, do you, how, how much do you pay attention to what Coachella is doing? Uh, well, I pay attention. I mean, I, 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 I'd be stupid probably not to, you know, in, in terms of just seeing where they're at and their schedule and, and their opponents and uh, their result. But at the end of the day, you know, I think we knew uh, over the last you know month or so here that we needed to control our own, our own destiny in this division, which is take care of, of business when we get the opportunity. And, you know, over the last uh, almost 10 games here, our guys have done a good job finding points in the standings. And, uh, you know, I, I would say our guys are, are aware of where they're at and where we're at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've got some real important games here this week at home to finish our, our home schedule in the regular season. And, and uh, you know, we don't want to look too far ahead to, to next week in terms of headed uh, down to Palm Springs and, and playing in that game. But, you know, we got to take care of business here, uh, hopefully Wednesday and, and Friday. Well, you mentioned uh, the two more home games that you've got and then your regular season home schedules. Now, obviously, you'll be hosting, uh, what, whether you're round one or round two, you'll be hosting uh, early in the playoffs and, and there'll be 
we hope lots more home playoff games, but for the regular season, just two more to go. I just overall, you know, going you, you're you're now two years in the organization, year one in Stockton, and I know that crowds weren't always the strength, and now you go to the Wranglers, and you've had some really really good crowds. They've opened up the second deck on many different occasions, and the whole secondary part of it being in the same city as the parent club with the flames. It just, as you get ready for your last two home games this week, what, what is the first year with the Wranglers in Calgary been like from your perspective and, and as, as the head coach, what are the benefits been? Well, I think it, it took a little bit of time for people in the city to kind of, um, know that there was probably American American hockey league action right, you know, right under their nose. And um, again, it's a, it's a hockey market where there's plenty of options, uh, whether it's, you know, junior, junior, a uh, midget hockey, uh, lots of female hockey in the area. Um, obviously the flames, uh, Hitman, um, you know, if you're a lacrosse fan, there's a rough neck. So there's, there's lots of, lots of options. And, you know, I think our fans, um, you know, uh, ventured out over time and, and kind of seen that it's a good product. Um, you know, obviously you're getting an opportunity to watch some future flame players play for the Wranglers. Um, and, and the one thing that's been really cool for me is, is just kind of scanning the crowd from time to time is just the amount of kids that come to our games. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, it seems like it's really turned into a bit of a family affair uh, for people here in the community. And, and uh, you know, our guys have really thrived off the support throughout the season as our crowds have gotten bigger and bigger and and then obviously our guys are, are you know trying to put a competitive uh, you know product on the ice for the fans as well and that's important in this city so you know I think uh, you know these next couple of games I'm sure we'll see some nice crowds again and then hopefully in the playoffs they'll be even greater and uh, you know our guys really enjoy that and feed off of it. Well, and you finish with six regular season road games. So uh, you're, you're on the road for the last few weeks of the season. What type of what type of challenge is that to finish the year with six straight on the road? Well, I think our guys like being on the road. Uh, you know, we've, we've had some success there this year. Um, you know, we, we know that, uh, you know, down the stretch here uh, after these two home games, it's, it, you know, we've got some real tough matchups, obviously Coachella, and then we go, you know, back-to-backs in San Diego uh, after beating them here. So they're going to be hungry in those games. And then and then Abbotsford and us always have tough matchups, um, and that's a tough building to win in there. And they've played some really good hockey here over the last month as well. So we know we've got our hands full, and, uh, you know, we just try to embrace the challenge of going into those buildings and, and just – playing a simple brand of hockey and, uh, you know, try to get some points out of those uh, as we try to stay at the top of our division. We're in conversation with Mitch Love, head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. He joins us Mondays here on Flames Talk. It's Pat and Wes Gilbertson. Wes? Mitch, I know we saw a milestone uh, over the weekend with Dustin Wolf, uh, a guy we obviously talk a whole lot about hitting 100 programs. And, and you weren't there um, for the very first of them, but I'm curious, you know, Dustin going back to his junior days, you know, now a hundred games into his American hockey league career, where, where's been the evolution of Dustin, both the, the player and, and maybe the person as well. Well, the, the, the player, I mean, you know, I was talking to Sandra yesterday there, uh, you know, before the game and she asked me the same question and, you know, I just, I obviously talked about his durability as a young goalie, um, and he, he'd go back to his junior days, 
um, from the time, you know, he was the, the backup as a young 16-year-old to Carter Hart and, and then took over the reins there in Everett. He's been a workhorse. Uh, you know, he was playing roughly 60 games a year in a 68-game schedule in the Western League. And, you know, there were some weekends he was playing all three games. And, uh, you know, but there's a process to that, and that's his routine. That's the, the amount of, uh, you know, diligence he puts into his, his craft away from the rink uh, and his preparation that allows him to have that consistency and, and that ability to, to play the minutes that he does, um, you know, his recoveries, all, all those things, uh, mentally and physically, that's, that, that's a tough, tough thing to do. And he's been able to do it so far, which is a great sign for a young, young goalie. And, uh, you know, in, in terms of his, him as a person, I've seen a lot of maturity. Obviously I had him at 16 in Everett when I was an assistant coach there. And, and then to kind of watch him grow throughout his years in the Western League to, to where he is now as a, as a young 21-year-old for us. Um, I've seen a lot of maturity for him, you know, off the ice, uh, you know, around his teammates, um, you know, really, you know, trying to become, you know, a leader for a hockey club, even at a young age. Um, the enthusiasm he brings to the bench, the you know, the preparation that goes into his game that, that ultimately helps our team. Um, I've seen a huge growth there, and, and obviously that's important of being a young pro. Let me just pick up on part of that. Where do you see the the leadership qualities in Dustin? Well, I think you know, there's in game. Um, you know, he he finds way with his hockey sense of of sensing moments where he needs to become um, a, a difference maker. Um, you know, or, or if we're having a rough patch in a game, um, you know, coming by the bench and, and, you know, maybe not even say barking at the guys, but just letting them know that he, he's going to do his part for us and, and, you know, maybe make a big save when we need it to, to allow us to hang around a hockey game. Um, you know, I've seen him be a little, you know, a little bit more vocal in terms of being in the dressing room. Um, you know, he's he's very supportive of his teammates when he's not playing. Um, obviously, his relationship with Oscar Danks this year and, and all the goalies that have come through and, and helped us out this year uh, has been tremendous. And, and obviously, that's an important component for a young young athlete and a young pro is is honing in on your leadership. And, uh, you know, he, he, I've just seen a lot of growth in that, and that's, that's important being a good teammate. Just one more for me. I, I know... Connor Zari gets a, a couple on Friday night and and that bumps him up to to 20 on the season. Un- understanding that his pro career, you know, was it, it, the start was maybe stalled a little bit by injury that that last season was so important kind of from a development standpoint. What what sort of accomplishment is 20 and and counting in his first I suppose full year in the American League? Well, I think last year you know, it was it was tough for him for sure. I mean, you, you you put yourself behind the eight ball a bit with the injury early on, and you miss a good chunk of the season, and you're you're kind of out of the mix in terms of you know the team and the team meetings and everything like that. And and so it was tough for him to kind of get in a rhythm. Um, you know, he's another guy that I've seen a lot of maturity to uh, throughout the year, uh, you know, over the last two years, if you want to call it that. And, and, and it's not easy to score 20 goals in this league at, at his age. Um, you know, I believe he's close to the top 10 in scoring in the league. He's been an important part of our hockey club uh, this year. Um, and, you know, I was just looking at kind of our, our top six forwards today. And, you know, we're, we're pretty young up there still. You know, I think we, we've got, you know, four of those guys are under 23 years old. 
Um, and he's part of that, and, and and he's been able to stay healthy, and that's a credit to him. He had a good off season last year, um, you know, where he got stronger. He was in he was in better uh, fitness condition. Uh, he's going to obviously have to do that again next year to to, to make another step uh, in, in his pursuit towards uh, you know playing the National Hockey League. Um, but he's been a big part of our hockey team this year, and uh, it was nice to see him get a couple goals the other night. I thought he was a lot more physical this weekend in his game. Um, which ultimately found results for him and our team. We're in conversation with Mitch Love. He joins us Mondays on Flames Talk, head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. Just a few more. Uh, I Kind of on the, you know, talking about milestones, uh, a new career high for Matt Phillips. We ask you about him all the time, and, and I try to limit the Matt Phillips questions because you, you're asked about him so often, but a new career high with 32 goals in fewer games than last year. And he's on pace to get past his career high in points as well by a fairly significant margin. Just like every year, it seems like new heights for Matt Phillips at that level. What does that say about where this guy is and and where he could still go? Well, he's a, he's a driving force for our offense. Um, You know, he has been for two years. Um, You know, even, even last night, if you kind of use that as an example, like, you know, we were we were probably a little flat. If I'm being you know uh, honest about our assessment as a team, um, we didn't have a lot of jump as much as you you wanted to, and we knew we were going to have a pushback from from San Diego. But you know, there he goes in the first period and gets two big goals for us. And uh, you know, he's a guy that senses moments where we need a, a little jump offensively, and and he has the ability to do that as a player. And uh, you know, he's having a great hockey season here. Um, you know, he, he's another guy that's you know, you, you kind of see guys this time of year, you know, elevate their play um, based on, you know, jobs for next year too as well. And uh, obviously we'd love to see Matt come back here next year, um, you know, being a local kid. And, and he's been such an important part for, for this organization at this level. And, and, you know, he's still striving to play in the National Hockey League. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, putting his best foot forward right now. And we're going to need him these last – eight games and then obviously in playoffs as well. And uh, he's been a, a, a great young man to work with. One more individual I want to ask you about, and that is we've asked you about him before after acquiring him at the uh, AHL deadline, but uh, Christian Rubens makes his uh, Wranglers debut, gets a couple of points in his first two games over the weekend against San Diego. How, uh, how'd how you like the way that he uh, kind of made his debut and, and started to integrate himself with the new group? Yeah, I thought he was really solid this weekend. Uh, um, you know, um, you know, he's patient with us there when he met us in Tucson and, and didn't play the first couple of games, and, and then we got him in this weekend. And you know, he's a guy that just plays within himself. I think he, he understands now. He's played well over 100 games in the American Hockey League, and you know, a few different organizations. And he's, he, I think, he just kind of he understands what he has to be at this level, and in, in terms of uh, you know taking a step to, towards, you know, his, his goal of getting to the NHL one day. And, um, you know, it, it was, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, how important of an ad he was going to be yeah. uh, to, to allow us to have some depth in that position. Uh, obviously it's a very important position. Um, and I thought he presented himself real well this weekend, along with the lot, uh, you know, all our D our young D I thought were solid. Um, and we're going to need all those guys here uh, down the stretch. I guess uh, last question, you've got two against uh, a team that I, I know that has been a thorn in your side, and I know you've beaten them in some of your more recent games, but set us up for a pair of games, your final two home games of the regular season. You've got Henderson on Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, I think the big focus for us, Pat, is um, 
just that. I mean, it, it, you know, really continuing to, um, you know, work through a bit of a playoff round of hockey for us as a team, uh, you know, the, some of the finer details, the discipline in our game that we need to, to be successful. Um, you know, our guys understand that this team plays us tough and, uh, you know, they're fighting for their playoff lives. So they're going to present their best here over, over the next couple nights. And, and frankly, we've got to be there as well. And uh, there's plenty for both teams to play for. Um, you know, we're just, uh, we're excited to embrace the challenge of, of meeting them on home ice here and uh, see what happens. Appreciate the time as always, Mitch. We'll talk to you next week. Good luck. Uh, good luck in these uh, final two home games of the regular season. Hey. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Mitch. Mitch Love, head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, joins us Mondays here on Flames Talk, and he joins us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. And Wes, I just, I really do hope that whether the Flames are in or not, that more and more people catch on to that product, to the high-caliber team. Um, and I just, I think whether you can listen and watch Sandra on AHL TV, or you can be at the dome for a really affordable night or afternoon out like Friday, I just, I think it's, it's really, really important to keep underlining damn good product, probably an even better team. And this, this group's got legitimate eyes on a Calder cup championship. Yeah, absolutely. You ask around and not just based on the standings, but what people are seeing that that's a team that should contend for a Calder Cup. Now, they've got a tough division to come out of, not not getting ahead of ourselves, but this is a team that is going to enter the playoffs with high expectations. Yep. They're a ton of fun to watch and you're you're talking about guys you're going to be seeing in the NHL for a long time. Dustin Wolf is going to be an NHL goalie. I think we all know that. You know, Connor Zary is a guy who's going to play in the NHL. Mitch Love is a guy who's probably going to coach in the NHL. He's considered a rising star in that business. So just a ton of reasons to get out and see what is a, a very successful and, and a very entertaining team. Um, a lot of these guys are going places. Yep. Uh, Wednesday night. And a little uh, hockey hooky on Friday afternoon for the final two regular season games. See if you can get out and uh, support them as we start to wrap things up this hour for Mitch Love, for Wes Gilbertson, and for our uh, outstanding producers, Taylor and Cam. I'm Pat Steinberg, and that'll wrap us up this hour, which has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.